Right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Sorry that I was, I didn't have anything on. I'll just start this morning by letting you know that I also broke the main computer screen that causes this. So that's why our words were a little messed up because we literally can't see it until it's up there <laughs> right now. Um, but um, I, I just want to start this morning. If anybody has any question about Horizon Church, I need to let you know that at 8.30 last night, my husband and co-pastor Chris Allen calls our tech guy and says, Erica just broke the computer screen and we have no idea what to do and it's 8.30 at night and we can't like Amazon Prime a laptop here in time, so what are we going to do? And he comes over and like rigs up our entire living room and fixes the computer screen and gets it to a place where it can work tomorrow. So if there is anybody in these seats who's wondering if God has a special purpose for you this morning, you are here for a reason and for a purpose. And there are people who've prayed for you, who've set up crazy electronic contraptions in our living room to get ready for you. You are here this morning for a reason. And I want you to know that in your heart. God has you here for a reason. And we are beginning a message series that I think is one of the most important message series that we will have in 2022. So the word that God gave Horizon Church for 2022, the year that we are currently in, is heal. H-E-A-L. My southern accent makes it sound like we're going straight up hill, but it's it's actually he, like H-E-A-L, so everybody just know that's, uh, that's what we're talking about this morning. Heal, H-E-A-L. H is home. We want you, you in these seats to know that you have a home here where God is going to tell you how much you are loved. Where God is going to shine light in the darkest and most painful places of your life. And where God's going to ignite change and change you in ways that you thought were never possible. And God wants to create a home here for the people you know that don't have a home where they can experience that. Home. E is empower. There are lots of things in our lives that make us sick and, and toxic and not healthy. And it is easy to keep doing those things. It is hard to accept the power of the Holy Spirit to live with boldness and courage into the things that will heal us and heal our world. And so here, that for 2022, we're going we're gonna to focus on the ways that the Holy Spirit is empowering us with boldness and courage for 2022. A, we're going to be authentic. So we are going to be honest about the struggles that we have faced in our lives. We're going to be honest about the places in our lives where we need God to shine light and ignite change. We're going to be authentic because the world doesn't need people who have God all figured out and can tell them how righteous and wonderful and perfect you are. What the world needs is authentic people whose lives have been changed by God and who give glory to God for that change. We're going to be people who authentically experience God's change and share it with the world. And the last thing is L, lead. The first meeting of our Horizon Church leadership board. There's about eight or ten people on that board who are committed to leading this church with vision and passion to chase the purpose God has for our church. We're sitting around, we're meeting about it, praying about our, our next vision and, and the first story, the first thing that we focused on was this story about Jesus healing a paralyzed man. So these friends had a, had a man, their best friend was, was paralyzed, he couldn't move, and they put him on a bed and they dragged him to the healing arms of Jesus. And that's what we're going to 
going to do in 2022. We are going to lead the people that we know need healing to Jesus. Whatever it takes, we're going to drag our friends who need the healing love of Jesus to his arms that they may experience healing. So if y'all are excited about 2022, can, can somebody say amen or yes or give a clap or something? Let's go. Let's taste what it is God has for us in 2022. And that's why this message series about healthy relationships is important. Because I don't know if y'all know this, but we are more divided as, than we have ever been in our world. We should be more connected, right? All of us have a thousand Facebook friends. I'm Facebook friends with y'all. I know we have like 737 mutual friends. We should be more connected than we've ever been before. But I think if I asked any of you how you would describe how our world is right now, you'd use the word divided. How many here would say we're divided? Yep, we're divided. And, and we can say we're divided politically or what we believe about the economics or what we believe about the pandemic. We can say all of those things are what's dividing us. But I need to tell y'all this morning, there, is, there are these forces at work in our world that, that want to divide us because God's way to restore the world is through our relationships through our relationships with one another. So if, if God, if something is working against God creating this place where we can all heal, the first thing that's going to be attacked is our relationships. Because if we're divided, we can't work together for what it is God wants for us in our lives. So we're not going to blame politics. We're not going to blame social media. We're not going to blame any of those things for the reason that we are divided from our friends, from our families, from the people we love, from our co-workers. We don't even talk to them. We're not going to blame anything for that. We are going to figure out what God has for us so that we can experience healthy relationships. So the next three weeks we're going to focus on relation, how we can have relationships that God wants us that are Christ-centered. Can everybody say with me Christ? Christ-centered. Christ-centered. We are going to have relationships that are mission-driven. Can everybody say mission-driven? Mission-driven. And we are going to have relationships that are promise-keeping. This is not hang ten. This is promise-keeping. So everybody say with me, promise-keeping. Promise-keeping. This week we're going to talk about Christ-centered relationships. Next week we're going to talk about mission-driven relationships. And the next week we're going to talk about promise-keeping. You have friends who are divided more than they've ever been divided. You have people who've not talked to their brothers in, in 10 years, whose marriage is on the rocks, whose, you know these folks, invite them. Invite them, share today's message with them, and invite them to come and hear the last two components and what it is God wants for our relationships, okay? Because I believe God's going to do something mighty through our church worshiping together and focusing on healthy relationships in 2022. So I'm going to have Chris and Carol come up here for just a minute, if they will, because we're going to focus on our relationships this morning. And many of us, come on up here, Chris and Carol, um, many of us won't need to have Christ-centered relationships. So Chris, what I'm going to have you do is just start blowing that beach ball up, if you don't mind. Carol, if you'll just hold this beach ball, um, and we're going to, you know, we got, oh, no, we got, we got to make room for some things we usually center our lives around here. Um, so I just wonder what you all, what are some things that you think people center their lives around? So I'm a mom. And I have some mom friends, 
And some things that I notice people center their lives around are their kids. They're dragging them to all their activities. They're worried about what school they're going to. Anybody here know people who center their lives around their kids? I know people who center their lives around their job. Okay, so this, these marbles, come on, dude. <laughs> uh, people center their lives around... <laughs> People center their lives around their job. Does anybody know people who when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they're thinking about is all the dates on their calendar, the promotion they're working for at work, how they're going to be a partner or not be a partner. Their lives center around their job. Does anybody know somebody like that? Maybe that's, that's you. Some other things. What are some other things people center their lives around, Carol? Work. 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 So maybe not the next promotion, but you just start working all the time. You never stop, right? Maybe some of you center your lives around the next thing you're going to buy or the next thing you're going to get. The next car, the next house, the next vacation. Anybody here think about that all, oop, we lost one, all the time? That represents that. Okay, we're going to keep going here. <laughs> Um, remind me next time to do this the other way around. Carol gets that job. <laughs> uh, can anybody think of something else that we center our lives around? Fitness. Very good. So we, all we can think about is how we work out, when our, our next workout's going to be, how we're going to be in tip-top shape. So how about the food that we eat? And, and if we could just get that all perfect, our lives would be better. Or maybe we think about the next thing that's going to make us feel better, and it's become an addiction in our lives. Anybody here struggle with alcohol or some other drugs or gambling or whatever it is? That, that next hit, that next thing that's going to make us feel better, addiction, and the, the substances and, and the things in our lives become the center of our lives. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, you can put the top on it. All right, this ball represents a life that is centered on Christ. What do you think is going to happen? And this person is the person who, like, only comes to church once every six weeks because they <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. All right, so do y'all think this ball is going to float? You think this beach ball is going to float? So this is what happens in the water of life. It is not going to overwhelm you because your relationships, when they are centered on Christ, will buoy you and keep you afloat. I have coffee with people almost every day, and I have for a month and a half, and I hear the word, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm divided, and when things happen in my life, what happens to this, that's centered, this beach ball that's centered on everything else and has no room for Christ because it has a hole in it because you've had to make more room for the things your life centers around? What's, what's going to happen to this? It is, oh, sorry, just had to get a little dramatic effect there. It hey, you're not supposed to, well, see, Jesus can get in there and help you anyway. Well, uh, just a little bit. Thank you, guys. Can everybody give Chris and Carol a hand for helping us? Um, you will sink. The circumstances in life will overwhelm you, and you're going to spend all your time trying to keep your head above water. Healthy relationships are going to help you float. The Holy Spirit can move you a lot further when you're floating. Purpose and, and, and mission are easier when you are floating and when Christ is the center of your life. When everything else is the center of your life, you're literally just trying to keep your head above water. I didn't know that's what it was going to look like, but that's what you are literally, everything about you is just keeping your head above water. 
But how many of us center our lives and our relationships on Jesus? How many of us do that? So all of you were given a worksheet this morning when you came in. I'm going to have us this series. I think it's so important that I want you to get this out because I was a teacher before I was a pastor. And if you write something down, you are four times as likely to remember it. Four times as likely to remember it. And I want you to remember what it is we're talking about because God wants you to have healthy relationships. And God is going to use your healthy relationships to restore this world and build his kingdom. So I want you writing this stuff down. Christ-centered relationships. God... Jesus told us how to have Christ-centered relationships. This, this guy looks at Jesus. He's out teaching one day. He looks at Jesus and he says, Hey, teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? What thing can I do the most and find the most fulfillment in my life? What is it I can do? And Jesus says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. If you want to have a Christ-centered relationship, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. But the problem, the problem with our lives and our current relationships, the, the reality is they're all centered around something, right? Number one, the blank is our lives are centered, C-E-N-T-E-R-E-D, our lives are centered around something what is it we named some kids you're just dragging them to and from everything and then you look up at your spouse and you don't even know what their favorite color is anymore because you've centered your life around making sure your kids have everything they need I'm not saying your job isn't to love your kids but I'm saying if Jesus isn't the center first it doesn't take long for everything about your kids lives to take over all of your relationships in your lives have you centered it around making sure that you have the right job and the right promotion and you look around and you don't have any friendships and you don't have any healthy community around you because you've centered it around making sure you're at the right place with the right people and the right things and you're like a, a bad thing hits me in my life and nobody brings me supper nobody cares about me because the situations of life will overwhelm us when we don't have healthy, Christ-centered relationships in our lives. Are our lives centered around our own calendar and our own schedule? What is your life centered around? Our reality is all of us center our lives on something. That's a reality of our lives. What is your life centered on? Be honest about that this morning. The second reality is our minds are made up about what completes us. What completes We know what we think will complete us. We think the right guy, any single people out, single people in here who thinks the right guy or the right girl is going to, that's going to complete me. I've been married for 12 years. It's not the truth. I love you, Chris. It's just not the truth. You're going to have to find your completion somewhere else. Our lives, we think this next promotion, if I could just get there, if y'all ju just wait and see, that's going to complete me. This next object that I'm chasing after in my life, that's going to complete me. The reality is we have our minds made up about what we think it is completes us. Stop long enough today to think about what that is that you've been telling yourself will complete you. What is it that you think will complete you? And the third thing is that we already know the reality is that our source of happiness comes from somewhere. 
That's the reality. Our source of happiness comes from somewhere. The happiness and the joy that you feel in relationships that are right, it's coming from somewhere. The things that you think will be the source of happiness, you, you think you know that too. I, there is a source for happiness. That's just the reality. Three realities. Our lives are centered around something. We have our minds made up about what will complete us, and we think we know what our source of happiness is. You know what your source of happiness is. Have you stopped long enough to ask yourself these questions? On the back of this sheet, when you go home this week, there are reflection questions. I want you to sit down, spend some time, quiet time with God, and I want you to answer these questions. What is it that centers me? What is it that I think will complete me? What is it that I think will make me happy? Stop, because God can't help your relationships be healthy unless you've stopped long enough to be honest about those questions. The problem with our current reality, the problem with so many of our current reality is that the thing that we have centered our lives around is pulling us under. The things that we have centered our lives around is pulling us under. Just like that, you see, it's pulling us under. In Matthew chapter 22, I read the whole chapter this week, and God, Jesus tells this story about a wedding banquet. To start out, Matthew 22. So Matthew is a follower of Jesus. He follows him everywhere. He's asked him all these questions. He's paying attention to what he's doing. And after Jesus dies on the cross and is resurrected again, Matthew sits down and he writes down what he remembers about Jesus. And it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. God helps to inspire him to tell the story of following Jesus in a way that is compelling thousands of years later. And it's right here for us. And in Matthew 22, Matthew writes down this story that he remembers Jesus telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're these religious leaders at the time who, who centered their lives around something and they're trying to figure out who this Jesus, this great teacher and this great model of healing, they're trying to figure out what's his secret, what's he here for, what, what's this guy about? And so Jesus tells this story, it's called a parable, about a wedding banquet. And he, he says there's this bridegroom, he goes out and he invites everybody he can find to the table and he hosts this amazing party and it's wonderful and everybody talks about it for years. Everybody has a place of honor. This is the vision for God's, God's this is God's vision for our relationships. That it's a party, that it's fun, that we're, we're celebrating and that we're having fun and that it's something we talk about all the time. But then the guy who had a very limited list, he didn't enjoy the party. And, you know, he realized that these broken relationships weren't making him happy. So Jesus tells them this story. And then the Pharisees, it, Matthew tells us, the Pharisees, these religious leaders at the time, they try to start asking Jesus questions. Matthew literally says that will trap Jesus in his thoughts and in his words. So they're asking him all these questions. They're trying to trip him up and trap him up. So here, they have the greatest teacher that has ever existed in the world, Jesus. They have the greatest lover that ever existed in the world, Jesus, standing right before them. And instead of humbling themselves and centering their life on what it is God has right before them, they're thinking about what, it all, what all it is in their own lives that, has, that is more important and has been more important in their lives. So he said, they... They try to trip him up because the Pharisees, before you start saying, I'm not a Pharisee or a Sadducee, the Pharisees believe that if you follow this strict routine, this rigid routine, that will bring you happiness and completeness in your life. They believe that that is what will bring them, um, that, that, that is what they've centered their lives around, this routine and this rigidity. 
We do that, right? If I follow this exact path, if I eat this exact same way, if I do all of these things right, surely I will find joy. But then the addiction still chases us. The dividedness of our relationships is still after us. Our purpose is still unclear for us. We think if we do all these things perfect, and it's not that the Pharisees were bad. They were doing all they could think of. This is what they had centered their lives around was the rules and the rigidity and the, making sure the routine is perfect instead of centering their heart on God and they miss the greatest teacher and lover right in front of their face. And what they start doing, they start trying to trip him up. They, try, they start trying to make themselves look right and Jesus wrong. And we do that in our own relationship. So before you say, I'm not a Pharisee, some of you have centered your lives on making sure you're the person who's right You've centered your life on making sure you're the, most smart, you're the smartest and most productive person in the room. You've centered your life on those things and you can't figure out why you don't have a healthy relationship. And just like the Pharisees, you've missed what's right in front of you, the work of Jesus, because you're blinded by it. The other things are pulling you under. The Sadducees thought that their ideas and what they, what they were learning about God, their wisdom and their understanding of God was going to be what saved them. And Jesus, the greatest lover and teacher in the whole world, is standing right before them, sharing words about how to live a life that will complete them. And they think that something else is going to complete them. If we just get this paper figured out and figure out exactly who God is, fill in that blank for yourself before you say, I'm not a Sadducee. Because the reality, the problem with our reality is we search for the one thing. If we get this one answer figured out, we search for the one thing and we end up living lives that are incomplete. The Sadducees are chasing what they think will complete their understanding and their thoughts of God. And they wind up being incomplete and not happy. That's why they're asking Jesus all these questions in the first place. You have a myth of one. This one guy is going to fix my life. This one job. This one outfit, this one invitation, this one sign up, this one whatever. You have the one thing that you think is going to fix your life and it doesn't complete us. We wind up feeling incomplete and frazzled. The third problem with our reality is we think our circumstances make us happy. So the job's going good, we're happy. Yeah, you're happy. This is exactly what the Sadducees believed. They, in fact, the Pharisees, before Jesus says, if you want to know how to sin in your life, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. The Pharisees had noticed that Jesus, the way he answered the Sadducees and told them what to do, had silenced them and made them be quiet. And so the Pharisees are like, it's my turn. So they're playing this tennis match with Jesus, just hitting these balls back and forth at him, right? Trying to trip him up. Is that how you're living your life? You think your circumstances, oh, if I'll get this serve, this volley, this, this win in, then I'll be happy. And they're just batting these balls at Jesus. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it says that hearing Jesus, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together and asked him the question that you see at the top of the page. What, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Because they were trying to trip him up. Even with the greatest teacher in front of them, they were getting it all wrong. And they weren't happy. They weren't complete. They were sinking and they knew it. And they were flailing and doing everything they can to try to trip Jesus up. And we do that in our, I do it in my life. 
I'm a pastor who's working so hard to center my life on Jesus, and I center it on the number of people who show up for worship, the number of people we feed at the Gandy Civic Center. I center it on the number of lunch buddies that we have volunteering at Sheremonte, and I don't center it on Jesus and what good things are happening in the middle of all these things. Count the number of people at a Bible study, and if it's not enough, I go home upset and crushed. Our circumstances, we think our circumstances will make us happy. We believe this, I believe this, and our relationships are not going to be healthy if we are deflated from the love that God has for us and everything else is sinking us down to the bottom. We're not going to be happy, but there's a solution. Whatever it is you think, whatever it is your life centered around right now, whatever it is you think will complete you right now, all of those things, there is a solution. Center your life on Jesus. Center your life on Jesus. And you're like, how do I do that? This, this week, all you have to do, the, the verse is on your sheet. All you have to do, get up every single morning and just read that. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength and all your mind. And every time you do something that you feel like is pulling at your heartstrings, God, I want want y'all to be ambitious people. I want you working for your promotions. I want you being healthy and fit. I want you eating well. I want those things for you. That's how we're healthy. But as you do those things, I want you to think about loving the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Before you go for a run or a workout, what does it look like to say, God, let this honor and glorify you? Before you walk in to your, to your job, what does it look like? Before you turn your computer on or before you unlock your office door, what does it look like for you to stand there and say, let this honor you? Before you take your kids to school, what does it look like if you stop in your car and say, guys, this week we have a goal for our family. We're going to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our strength and all our mind. May everything you do at school be centered around that. And then, can you think of the power that has for your kids who are being tested like crazy at school and told they're not good enough? If the first thing they focus on before they get out of the car is that they know they are loved, that grow in their mind in whatever way they're able to do that at school, that they are loved by God, this has the potential to change the world. Center your life on Jesus. Everything you do, just make it centered on Jesus this week. There are some of you in this room who've been here, who've never been to church, who have no idea what it looks like to center your life on Jesus. Right now, bow your head and say, Jesus, I am sick and tired of everything else that I've centered my life around, and I want you to be my center. Some of you are here for the first time in a long time, and you're like, everything I've centered my life around is pulling me down to the bottom, and I want to center my life around you, Jesus. And let me tell you what Jesus does. He takes all this other mess out of your life. He takes it all out of your life, and it's still part of your life. It's still a part of your life, but he tapes you back together. And we're not going to have Chris blow it up because it will take the rest of the time. But he tapes you back together. He heals you. And he blows you up, and you can have healthy relationships again. This thing, these things are not as powerful as you think. Let Jesus dump them out of your life and become the center of your life. Center your life on Jesus. Make Jesus your one and everything else number two. Figure out what it is that you think is your one. Be honest about that this week. What is that one thing that you think will make you better? 
Make Jesus your one and everything else number two. Does God want you to have a healthy relationship with a guy or a girl or whoever it is you love? Yes, God wants that. But make it number two and make Christ number one. It will change your lives. I say that as somebody who's done a lot of work in our marriage. It's changing our marriage to make Christ the center and everything else. Number two, if your kids are what your life is centered around, how can you make Christ the center and your kids? Number two, that's not bad. It's good and healthy. And they can still feel loved because God loves them. I'm not saying neglect your children. I'm just saying what does that look like? What is it that you're one? Make it your number two and make Jesus the first thing. Figure out this truth. That real happiness is found in loving God and others. It's not found in your circumstances. That promotion is not going to make you happy. It'll make you happy for a couple days. I read a thing about happiness this week. And there was a guy who was paralyzed. And there was, they measured his happiness over the course of five years compared to a person who was succeeding in life, making millions of dollars, getting boats and houses and doing everything. And they, they measured their happiness at the end of five years scientifically. I'm not kidding. And guess who was happier? Guess who was happier? The guy who'd experienced absolute adversity in his life. The guy who was paralyzed was happier than the person who chased everything else because he figured out what and how to center his life. You might not look like what you want to look like. You might not, everything might not be perfect in your life, but if you are centered and grounded and rooted in Christ, over the long term, you are going to be happier than people who find their source of happiness in just the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Real happiness is found in loving God. If y'all don't think that this changes your lives, I, I need to introduce you to two people that you can talk to on your way out. Their names are Gretchen and Dave Whalen. They didn't know I was going to talk about them this morning. But they showed up at a field in the middle of the pandemic, an open field where we had church last year to try to keep things as safe as possible. They showed up, they set up their lawn chairs, and they brought their kids to hear about the love of Jesus. They attended Bible studies. They started serving God in everything that they did. And, and they just made Christ the center of their lives. And it meant other things were poured out of their lives. But they experienced this. Both of them will tell you they experienced Jesus reach into the waters of life, pull them up, dump all the rest of that stuff out of their lives, and begin to heal them. And they are here working. And she leads a Bible study for us, and she's changing the lives of women in our church as she helps them open up the Bible. Chris and Dave and Jansen are reading the Bible every single one morning a week, and, and they're hearing and praying for the vision of our church God is changing their lives because they centered what it was around their kids are healthier and happier their family has a purpose when Christ is the center when Christ is the center it changes everything and you have the power this morning to make that change in your life will you pray with me God this morning I know there are people here in this place who centered their lives on everything else. And I pray this morning, God, I pray this morning that you will help them to center their life on you. There are people right now in this place this morning who thinks everything else will complete them. God, I pray, I pray that you will dump those things out of their lives, that you will heal them and that you will complete them with your love. And I pray this morning, God, that our source of joy and contentment comes from you.
and not from our circumstances. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. Amen.